KUBU 96.5 FM. Hello, Sacramento. It's Verbal Adam here on Verbal Radio. Welcome to your post-Thanksgiving episode. Let's get started with Mumbo Sauce. The song is called Miracles. Welcome back to Verbal Radio on KUBU 96.5 FM. That was Mumbo Sauce, and that song is called Miracles. Today's episode is about representation because this has been a recurring theme that um, has been coming my way for the last few weeks, and so I feel that I'm compelled to talk about it. Let me lead this conversation by saying representation matters. If we were to sum up everything that I'm going to say from this point forward, you can condense it to those two words. Representation matters. 
Now, over the last few days, I've had the opportunity um, to photograph several different screenings of Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. Um, There were multiple organizations that uh, came together, some of them independently, but they rented out entire theaters, um, paid for concessions, paid for tickets, and sent more than 500 families um, across Sacramento to see this film with their children for free. Um, It's a tremendously moving gesture um, in the sense that, you know, when I was a kid, you could have probably sent every kid to the movies for like five bucks per kid. Um, But in 2022, uh, a child's ticket popcorn and a soda can easily run you more than $25 per person. Um, and that gets expensive. I mean, if you're a family of four, you're paying a hundred dollars plus tax, um, to go see a film. So there's the cost of it. Then the film was released right before Thanksgiving, you know, right around the holidays. So there's the cost of that, uh, for folks, you know, who are trying to make their ends meet and do things with the family and, you know, have to incur that extra cost of holidays. Um, so, um, for 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 these organizations, uh, SMUD, um, the Greater Sacramento Urban League, the Oak Park Black Youth Legacy Campaign, um, Trustee Chinwood Rhodes, Commissioner Joe Flores, uh, to 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 come together, you know, Sacramento uh, City Unified School District. Um, am I forgetting anybody? I'm pretty sure I am. Um, but for all of them to be able to come together, the United Way, sorry, uh, Parks and Recreation, for all of these organizations to come together and come out of their pockets to make this happen is a tremendous gesture. And so as I talk to different people there, um, event organizers and the families and students attending these screenings, the, the, the thing that was consistent was that representation matters. For some people, they might say, well, it's just a movie. It's a fictional movie set in a fictional universe on a fictional country that doesn't exist. So why, 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 why is that so important? Why is that not more important than, than a book about actual history? Um, and I won't have that debate as to which is more important because things can be equally important and be separate, not dependent upon one another. Um, So with Black Panther, the first film, um, it it was record-breaking. And and it wasn't record-breaking because it it was the uh, 17th, entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe Um, because some of the later entries into the Marvel Cinematic Universe definitely didn't do so well. Um, But it was record-breaking because of the people who were inspired by the film's concept who wanted to see it, I think. So the first superhero to ever appear on film was the 1920 silent film, The Mark of Zorro. Um, Over time from The Mark of Zorro came uh, a couple more Zorro movies, Batman, Superman, uh, Spider-Man, Captain America, The Flash. They all had films. Um, But would would you believe that from... 1920, the first superhero film debut, till 1970, no, I'm sorry, 1997, so 77 years, almost eight decades before we saw a black superhero in a film. Um, and that was, that was the 1997 film Meteor Man. Um, and so for people who grew up like myself, 
in the time period between those two films. Um, you know, as a kid, I didn't see people who looked like me who were superheroes. Um, I, there, there, there was a lot of things that I hadn't seen people who looked like me participate in or, or do or become famous for doing. Um, and it, it, it led me to, as a teenager, to just regard some things as like, oh, that's just not something black people do. We don't do that. So like before Tiger Woods, like if you'd have asked me, like black people don't play golf. We don't do that. Right. Like before, 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 uh, <laughs> before the meteor man, you said name a black superhero. I'd probably been like Storm from the X Men. You know, she's not even she's not a black American. Um, and so, with all the reinvigorated interest in superhero films, um, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC the the DC Universe, um, you see not only a black superhero but a black superhero who's featured in their own film. Um, and as you all know, uh, Sac State graduate Ryan Coogler not only wrote but directed um, both of the Black Panther films. Um, and he was the first African-American Marvel director in history. Um, and so for me as a creative, it's like I can look at Ryan Coogler and say, well, yeah, I could do that. I could go make a movie for Marvel because there's precedent now. Um, so with the second Black Panther film, um, I'm going to try to say this without spoilers. There are two, there are two main groups in the film. Um, there are the Wakandans, who, um, if you're familiar with them, were were the the main group in the first film. Um, but that that's the the, the African nation of Wakanda, they have an element called vibranium that's pretty much the most powerful metal in the world, and it allows you to do all this amazing stuff, and they're the only ones who have it. Um, so all the other countries are kind of now like, we need to get that up off you because, like, if somebody were to steal it, then they could make weapons they'd use against us, you know, um, all of the political stuff. And so they're like, no, period. Like, we're not giving it up. Um, and so then there's a new nation introduced called the Talokan, which are, um, which was, which is based on the combination of Aztec and Mayan uh, mythology, or Mesoamerican culture. And so uh, they're led by the god Kulkukan, um, and they live underwater in this amazing society oh my gosh i mean i don't want to spoil it for you but they they live in an amazing society you can see that in the trailer so there's no spoiler there um and these two groups interact you know boom 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 but it's 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 representation like young latin kids young hispanic children can look up at that movie and see like their culture represented young african-american children can look at that movie and see their culture represented where it where there has not been a lot of that um and and you know for I, I get inspired by a lot of different people um every person I've interviewed on the show uh inspires me Neil Arjun or Barrow um got a few people coming up that that are going to be great um but I seek out inspiration you know and everything and so uh, for me, there's a couple of artists whose work really, I would say, helped push me into photography. Um, Catherine Federer, Louis Bryant, um, Hiram Trillo. Like, I look at the, even, even local Sean Stewart, um, his work is amazing. And like, I look at their work and it, it like, it, it, it piques my, my creativity. Um, and and they all are minorities, you know. And and so, cause cause you know, for me, I look at like who are the last fifty 
Pulitzer Prize winners in photography? And what do they all have in common? And I can tell you one of the things they have in common is they don't look very much like me. So to be able to see people who who come from a background similar to oneself and have an experience similar to oneself be able to achieve things, it now opens the door. Because it's like, well, what can we do past that? I remember in school, they used to teach us about like how before a certain point in history, nobody had ever ran no one had ever run like a certain distance in a certain time. And then like this one person did it at the Olympics and like it was like the world record. And then after that, like like to like to that point, like fifty or sixty people have done it. And it's like all you need is that first person to show you it's possible. I mean, if you look at, at the development of history here in um the United States and here in, in modern um era, I mean do y'all, do y'all realize that, like, the first airplane was less than 100 years ago? And now we've got rovers on Mars. Because sometimes all you need to see is that it's possible. And from there, you can 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 really give yourself to it. Um, and And so... Representation matters. Um, and not just for it's not, not not just for racial makeup. For 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 the groups that you identify as. Like for me, I and I would identify closely with like any group that was like the distant dreamers. That's kind of like me. I grew up on Star Trek, like I, I, I stare at the stars for hours on end. Um, like, I think about new worlds. I think about, you know, ancient, hidden mysteries within this world. Like, I, I've always kind of got one foot here and one foot somewhere else, right? And so, I don't meet many people like that. I haven't met many people like that in my life. And so, to see someone, like, if I were to see someone who has that similar personality to mine, um, let's say they became wealthy. Oh my gosh. Like that would inspire me so much because if, if they became like, what would they do with that? Like, like imagine like, like imagine if verbal Adam had the wealth of Elon Musk. I mean, the things that I would do, I think that a lot of people never even think about it. It, it wouldn't even occur to them to, 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 to invest in doing something like this or that. Right. Like, and so, it, it's it, it it would inspire me, and it inspires me to see like when a creative gets their 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 due. So like, give you a great example: Brandon Leak, the first poet to win America's Got Talent, the first poet to have a residency in Las Vegas, a poet. Like to have a residency in Vegas, you had to be like a multi platinum singer. Or, or, or performing group, like, you know, you got the Blue Man group. You got Celine Dion, Britney Spears. These are people. What, Usher has a residency in Vegas, right? So he used to. He used to, yeah. So you have, like, you have all of these all of these, these people. Now you got a poet in there. Like, representation. So now, like, in Sacramento, oh, my gosh, our poetry community in Sacramento is so beautiful. I love you all. Like, Andrew, in case you don't know his name, Andrew DeFay is the Poet Laureate of Sacramento. Um, and I believe he'll be Poet Laureate until 2025. But he, uh, on, on Sacramento Poetry Day, uh, which was last month, um, he organized an event uh, to give awards and recognition to, to the, the many talented um, poets uh, who have really been a big part of the poetry scene here in Sacramento. Um, and, and I mean, Sacramento, he's the first poet laureate of Sacramento. So that, I mean, I wonder how many, how many poets do you think there are now in Sacramento because that kind of representation that exists? Oh, like poets get recognized. Like I could be a laureate. And like, even, even as a photographer, um, like the, 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 
photographers that I see to get recognized or um, that shoot for the local news outlets, uh, I mean, I'm like, wow. I mean, we've got Pulitzer Prize winning photographers here in Sacramento. Um, so that is just amazing. And now I'm like, all right, well, I want to I wanna do photojournalism. So, you know, like maybe I can meet them and they can teach me and I can do that too. It's a it's a beautiful thing being represented. And I know personally from experience what it's like to not be represented. And I'll tell you straight up, like I I have gone on job interviews and um looked at all of the staff that worked there and I'm like, wow, all of these people are so much older than me. You know, how come there aren't more people my age that do this? Um, like, I remember, oh, man. So so my mother really wanted me to be an athlete of some kind. Um, and so I remember in seventh grade, I joined the field hockey team. Because um, I was like, field hockey, that sounds fun, right? So... While field hockey was not a girls' sport, per se, um, and the teams weren't gender-specific, incidentally, every team was made up of all females. And I joined the field hockey team, and so now I'm the boy on the field hockey team. Um, and that was, that was, that, that lasted about one or two practices. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. But I could have been a field hockey legend right now if I had just seen one man, one male playing field hockey and killing it. You know, that could have inspired me. I could be like the first ever Olympic field hockey champion. I mean, it's a team sport, but still, you know, and, you know, I, I didn't, I was, there was no representation of, of, of my gender. They all had these, these things on, I don't know if they still make them, but they're called skorts. It was part of the uniform. And if you're unfamiliar with what a skort is, it's, it's, it's shorts with the front part has like the flap of a dress or skirt. I mean, I don't know the difference, but you know, the front part is a, it looks like, like, if you're looking at them from the front, they got a skirt on. It looks like they're wearing a skirt. And then if you look at them from the back, it's like they're wearing shorts. Anyway, so I just ended up with a pair of shorts that was the same length as the, the skirt. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. They But they hadn't designed it for people like me. So representation matters. If you get on an airplane... I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I know you guys, some of you guys here in Sacramento, y'all fly first class. Y'all balling out of control. But for somebody like me, you know, I get on Southwest, American. Uh, what's that airline everybody hates? Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, I don't fly them. But I imagine how horrible they are. Now, here's the thing. What human being, what size human being are those, are those seats built for? Somebody explain this to me. Because cause it's like the, the closer to the front of the plane you get, the bigger the seats get. The closer to the back of the plane you get, the smaller they get, right? So when they went out and did their focus groups, when they were designing the airplane, and they were like, how many, what's the most people we can fit in here? I'm willing to bet you that very few people in those focus groups were over six feet tall and weighed over 150 pounds. Representation matters. Abercrombie and Fitch where the sizes range from small to extra small to medium to baby-sized to malnourished. I walk, into, I walk into most stores. I kid you not. I walk into most stores, and, and like, they don't, I mean, I, they don't even have hats that fit me. Like, I, I don't seem to have a problem finding socks. But, like, you know, you look at the mannequin, like even with the plus size mannequins, now they still ain't got a mannequin that look like me. Representation matters. 
See, I can't sing. Y'all heard that? I that's I, all my life I had to fight. So I ain't get no time to be working on my singing voice. But if I did have time to work on my singing voice, you bet your bottom dollar I'd be one of the best singers you ever heard. Because I got some songs in my heart. I've been through some struggles, yo. Tell you right now. I remember, man, I can tell you stories. Anyway, representation is important. And I try to be a representative. Um, I come from the ghetto. I did not have the ability to do some of the things that uh, are cons- are expected. Um I have had to work hard every day of my life and every inch of ground I walk on. I have really worked hard for it. Um, And I try to do, I mean, at this point in life, I'm trying to do everything that I can do. Um, So for me, clock's ticking. You know what I mean? I don't have, I don't have another hundred years to, to be able to figure out my dreams. Like I came to California. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I want to do. And I hope that I can be a representative to some person out there who might see a bit of themselves in me. Um, you know, stuff like that. So in a moment, I'm going to bring on my new producer, whose name is Leslie. And Leslie and I are going to have a conversation. Stay tuned to Verbal Radio on Spotify. And KUBU 96.5 FM. Welcome back to Verbal Radio. We are here. And I'd like to introduce Leslie, my new producer. Hello, everyone. Hey, Hey. how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, (laughs) Joe. (laughs) No one talks like that. (laughs) That's how we talk on the East Coast. Oh, okay. Yeah. We smooth talking, you know, city slickers. Uh, you know how y'all talk out here in California is like uh, that that Ice Cube accent is real. I thought only Ice Cube talked like that. Like that was like unique to him. Like, but now I've met people out here who be like, "Hey, homie, you trying you trying to go over to the grocery store real quick?" It's like West Coast hillbilly. <laughs> no, I just know the Valley Girl. That's all. What's the Valley Girl? Like totally. Is that real? Yeah. Like people actually talk like that in real life. Of course. Oh my gosh. So what if what if the valley girl was like the cashier at the at the grocery store? I could imagine that would get super annoying. She'd probably have like 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 she'd be like super excited for no reason. You know, like super helpful. Like oh my gosh, is there like bags for, for, for your groceries? I don't think that valley girl will be working there. <laughs> oh. So let me ask you a question that may sound silly to you, but keep in mind I'm not from here. Um, what is this valley you speak of? Oh, there's there's the, the Northern Valley. We're in Sacramento Valley. This is the valley. And then if you go in Southern California, there's the valley there too. It's It all came about, I believe, from um, that old movie Clueless in like the 90s. Right. The Valley Girl. Right, right, right. <laughs> the valleys came about because of that movie or the, the, the accents? The accents were made more prominent because of the movie Clueless. I remember that movie. Yeah. With um, Alicia Silverstone, Alicia Silverstone and, and Stacey uh, Dash. Stacey way Dash. Back yeah, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not way... new Stacey Dash. That's a whole nother. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother level. Like it's like what what what's, what do you think is happening to them? Uh, stardom. I think it's an enigma. And it cuts them off from like. Rational thought, yes. Oh, because in some way they're isolated, I guess. Isolation is dangerous because it keeps you you're way out of the loop of what's really going on. But like Kanye. Well, we can't. Well, Kanye has actual certified like mental health issues. So oh, I think okay. that's that's a bit different. Not that I'm defending him. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> but, I don't know. I think we're all somewhat affli- afflicted mentally. It's just how it expresses itself. See, you speak in my language. This is why we make such a great team. Yeah. Because because I definitely um am abnormal. And I don't I don't you know, I never sat down and read the psychology books to be like, Oh, this is what it is that, that makes me different from others. But at the same time, you know, I feel very much like it's Alice in Wonderland. Like everybody 
Like we're all here in the same place, but each one of us has a separate reality from the other one. Very true. Yeah. See, that's Leslie right there. That's that's my tag team partner moving forward. So, you know, now I got somebody in my corner to be like, yeah. Because, you know, I, you, you know how difficult it is to do a show and you don't have anybody there who's like, yep, mm-hmm, <laughs> well. I tell you, it's a it's a it's an unsettling experience, Leslie. Um, you know, you sit in the studio, the phone's ringing, or you need to get some information. There's nobody there but you, so everybody in the background just hears clickety clickety click. Yeah, you need a button or something, some pre-recorded things where you can just have like the the choir sound. Like, mm-hmm. You need something like oh that. Oh my gosh, I don't even see one. I love where your head is at because I definitely was thinking the same thing. Like, I need a sound pad with different sound effects so I can just play them as I'm talking. But then you just made it the next level with the choir. Because, I don't know, you remember that kid from YouTube who would, um, he would take, like, like trap music and, like, popular songs and make, like, these choir versions of them? No, that sounds cool. Only person I know that took trap music and made it gospel is Kanye. Oh, um, here, I'm going to play one. All right, so I got this one since you've never heard of it. Uh, his name is Reggie Coos, and he, uh, this one is called Mask Off. Have you heard this before? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's um, it's a whole thing. So now you got me thinking. Like, if I have a soundboard where I can have like choir sounds, <laughs> oh man, y'all have no idea what y'all be listening to at that point. Now, now you know what? That's the number one thing on my Christmas list. I, I want the soundboard, the choir sounds. Okay, we have to make that happen. Thank you so much for, for, for uh, introducing yourself, everybody. Leslie's a part of Verbal Radio. That's my producer. So, you know, yeah, you'll be hearing her chipping in from time to time, helping keep everything go super smooth and all of that. Leslie, you want to say goodbye to the folks? Bye. Talk to you next time. Bye, she <laughs> says. Thanks for stopping in again, Leslie. So I just really enjoyed that performance so much by Reggie that I'm going to actually play uh, another performance of his for you all's enjoyment. I hope you all like it. Alright, these are the 2000s throwbacks. Ladies and gentlemen, now introducing Mr. Johnson's Concert Choir.
Reggie Coos with the 2000s throwbacks. I just love that. Since we're in a, I'm in a, I'm in a pretty jolly mood today. Um, you know, the holiday season coming up, about to have my second Christmas. First, second, third Christmas here in Sacramento. Um, I looked at the weather forecast. They said it might actually snow here on Thursday. Um, not really looking forward to that. Because one of the great things about leaving the East Coast was getting away from the snow and the cold and the nor'easters and the blizzards and the hurricanes. Um, but I guess a little a couple of flurries wouldn't wouldn't be bad. Um, I'd love to see some snow for uh, the coming holidays. But just to keep you all in the loop, um, coming up over this holiday season, there's a lot of opportunity for charity. Um, and charity is not just physically giving money um, to any particular organization, cause, or per individual. Um, for a lot of folks, they don't have the money to sustain themselves, let alone the money to uh, give. But the most important thing that you have is your time. Um, and if you could spare time and give time... Um, that could be its own charitable act. And so if you're able to volunteer, um, many of the organizations, uh, outreach outreach organizations here in Sacramento are in need of volunteers for the holidays. Um, a lot of youth organizations are in need of volunteers or even just stopping and having a conversation with someone who you've never met before. Because you, you don't want to find yourself in a position where you underestimate your impact on the world around you. You see, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a thing that we as humans do. Um, and that is that we will sit on something that's in our hearts to do, uh, and not do it for, because of fear or because we're, we, we're, we're anxious or we worry about failure. Um, and so we have these gifts that, that we don't even unwrap because we talk ourselves out of it. Um, and one of the things that I've learned in my experience is you never can fully appreciate what any other person's experience has been up to the moment that they've met you. And what you say to them, how you interact with them, could be the difference maker or that person in more ways than you may be able to realize. For some people, even to be noticed by someone else or or to, to have someone start a conversation with them, there's a lot of loneliness in the world right now. I mean, we don't forget, we're still, you know, coming out of years-long pandemic and isolation, masks, um, and so, you know, people can benefit from interacting with you, even if, even if you don't understand the benefit of it. The thing is you have to, you have to teach yourself when to let go of the things that are holding you back. The, the negative self-talk, the doubt the the implausible what ifs you hold on to these things 
And those are the things that ultimately um, bring you to ruin. It's like a monkey trap, right? If you're, if you're not familiar with a monkey trap, I'll tell you what it is. So they take a coconut and they uh, cut a hole into it. And then they put like a big fistful of nuts inside the coconut. And they'll uh, affix the coconut to a chain. So the monkey will come along and see the nuts. And he'll stick his hand in there. But when he closes his fist, now his hand is too big to get out of the hole. Right? So he fights and fights and pulls and pulls and pulls, but he can't get his hand out. But he will not open his hand and let go of what he's carrying so that he can escape and save himself. And he will lose his life because he didn't know when to let go. So there are times when uh, things become overwhelming. Things feel like they're too much. And I mean, not speaking for everyone, but I, I grew up in a, in a world that always taught you to keep pushing forward, like overcome, you know, endure, persevere, you know, the long suffering. But the other option that's on the table is you can let that stuff go if it's not working for you. Because at the end of the day, if you aren't happy, then you're not really being yourself in any given moment. And if you're not happy, you're probably not doing the stuff that you love to do. So if you can't do what you love and you can't be who you are and you can't be happy, what else is there? for you, the individual. Sometimes you got to let stuff go and it might seem like, oh man, if I, if I quit this job, if I quit this job, then I, I got bills to pay. I got kids to feed. What, what, what am I going to do? I'll be homeless if I, if I do that. And you know, you, you know, some folks, they went to school and now they got the degree you know, doing the thing that they never even loved. They just did it because, cause, you know, it was a it was a financial opportunity. Now they got a, a postgraduate degree in it, got a mortgage, got a family. You know that the average heart attack in America happens on Monday morning and the average suicide happens on Sunday night. That That's people, that, that, that's, that's people who hate their job so much. You know, you, you know what happy hour is? Happy hour is where people go to drink after work because they hated being at work so much they got to go get drunk to shake it off. And if you're not happy in your work, you're not going to be happy at home because the first purpose of work should be self-fulfillment. So now you done been working for them for 20 years. You done got promoted a couple times. You got your nice BMW. You got your mortgage. You got your insurance. But you can't seem to understand why you just feel like there's this hole right through the middle of you that nothing that you do seems to be able to fill. And you look back at the photos and all of the past experiences you had and you think about and fantasize about what would what life would have been like if I had done this instead of that. If I'd have went and if I'd have went to dance school instead of law school, what what would my life be? And a lot of people won't let go of that stuff. Cause they're in too deep. Some of y'all are in there deep. And for some, there's still hope. Like, 
you have to trust in yourself. That that I cannot stress that point enough. Like, let me let me talk to you on on a real level, right? I have been homeless, and I, I've been homeless on levels. I've been homeless where I slept on people's sofa, couch surfed. I've been homeless where I slept in my car. I've been homeless where I slept in the shelter. I've been homeless where I slept underneath the tree in the rain under a plastic tarp. I have stood on top of bridges and looked down on the interstate and thought about taking a step off. I have lost people who are close to me. Right? And so, with every obstacle, with every adversity, with every tragedy that has happened in my life, it's also given me trust in myself. Because if none of those things destroyed me, and if none of those things made me lose my mind, then I'm confident that I can handle what comes my way and I trust myself to be able to figure out a situation. But what I won't do is allow myself to become stuck. Stuck in a job that I hate. Stuck in a place that I don't want to live. Stuck in a relationship that should have ended a long time ago. Stuck in a dynamic that's unhealthy for my spirit, for my emotions, for my mind. You got to have the courage to let it go. Because while what is ahead of you may be unknown, you don't know how you're going to pay that bill or how you're going to pay your car note or how you're going to get the kids to school if you walk away from this or if you don't do that. But what, 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 you, what you may find on the other side of that is your passion. You may find something that you love doing so much that it's never a hardship for you, that, that, that you do so well that it makes you money, that, that you do with such enthusiasm that you make others want to do it. Like you, you have that capability, but you won't get there if you're not willing to let go. So this holiday season, some things to think about. Giving your time where you can, even if it's just a five-minute phone call or even just sending somebody a DM saying, hey, I know it's the holidays. I just want to check in on you, see how you're doing. That could be the difference in somebody's day. Forgive yourself. Choose to let go of the tethers that bind you, that keep you restrained from being the person that you've always wanted to be. And then look forward. Find your representation. Be a representative. Be not only inspired, but be the inspirer. Take action. Get involved. Be the change that you want to see. We've all had it rough for the last couple of years, man. I don't know about y'all, but I tell you right now, I caught COVID twice. First time almost killed me. So it's been a rough couple of years. And, uh, you know, I feel hope, you know, more hope than I, than I felt two years ago for sure. But I feel hope. Like, I look around. Um, I see the community coming together for the children. I see... Uh, people coming together for, for righteous causes. I see people going the second mile um, just out of the goodness that's in them, and that inspires me. So, you know, we should all work together. Candles lose nothing by lighting other candles, right? So if you've got a project or something you need help on, uh, reach out, you know? Um, reach out, like, 
get get the get the get the get the get the questions you want answered. Get the assistance that you need. I'll try to point you in the right direction if I can. But you know, let's do it together. Because I believe that if your dream, if your dream is of a size that you can accomplish it by yourself, I am of the mind that you don't dream big enough. A good dream should be a team effort and one that you may never accomplish in your lifetime. There should always be a part of your dream, a part of your goal that is unattainable. That way you always have something to be working towards. So, saying all that to say, uh, this has been Verbal Radio. Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we've got Brandon Leak coming on. We've got Carlo Traversi uh, coming on. Uh, David Sobin of Wide Open Walls will be coming on. Um, we got some great episodes coming up in the next few weeks. Thank you for tuning in to Verbal Radio. I'm your host, Verbal Adam. Uh, tune in on Spotify or KB, KUBU 96.5 FM. And on that note, Verbal out. <laughs>